Sometimes it's hard to keep our word or keep our commitment when it starts to get uncomfortable. And while I recognize that we're all human and we have limits and we have to have good boundaries, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is sometimes it's hard to do what we said we're going to do. Sometimes it's hard to follow through because we just don't feel like it. And so we're going to look at that and um, the ways that we can have a mark of character and the ways that God can help us to step into that, that kind of character that speaks volumes about our commitment to God and the way that we carry out the things that he's called us to do in obedience. Because really honing that skill and leaning into that pursuit of righteousness is what gives us the ability to approach God with clean hearts. So I pray that today's episode really blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're continuing our devotional content reading of the Psalms, and we have been walking through these one at a time, just looking at some of the context or the background around it, and I just pray that that's been a blessing to you. So today we are in Psalm 15, which is another Psalm of David. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends us money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. 
So this psalm starts off talking about the sanctuary. Verse 1 says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? Verse 1 is referring back to this concept of sanctuary. And really what it's essentially, that word what it's talking about, it's talking about um, this posture of the space surrounding God's temple. And so the space surrounding God's temple was sacred and it required that anyone entering that space would be ceremonially clean and they would have to be sanctified by offering the appropriate sacrifices. And so I'm going to refer back real quick to the lists in Leviticus uh, chapters one through seven to kind of remind you about the kinds of things that they would be taking care of in the temple in that sacred space. So they would be talking about in in chapter one of Leviticus, it talks about the burnt offering. In chapter two, it talks about the green offering. In chapter three, it talks about the fellowship offering. Four is the sin offering. And then in five, it talks about the guilt offering the burnt offering in six, and then another grain offering and sin offering in seven. And then it goes and talks about different kinds of guilt offerings, uh, fellowship offerings, the kinds of um, sacrifices that would be made. There's a lot of time and space dedicated in the beginning part of Leviticus. And then again in chapters 12 through 15, where it talks about the sacredness of the temple and um, the sanctification of the person that would be entering the, the temple and what that required. So we're talking about this ritual of purity that goes into the space surrounding the temple. But while we're talking about ritual purity, we have to remember that in the context of worship, what what happens to us when we sanctify our hearts for worship and how as we as believers approach God's presence um, and, and how they would have approached God's presence in the temple, they're also expected to have exercise obedience to God's instructions for living. Now that looks different for us now than what it did for them, for the original readers. But when it's saying who may dwell in your sanctuary, it's really speaking to this idea of what sort of person experiences a deep relationship with God and this experience of his presence. And so while there's this element of, of purity, um, we're speaking to believers here that like yesterday we talked about the fool, the somebody that's opposed to God. Today we're talking about the believers that have their hearts inclined to, to God and towards righteousness. And so when it's talking about who may dwell in this place, who would live in this place of sanctuary, not we're not just talking now about the temple. And of course, like I just explained, we're talking about this concept of righteousness that we're pursuing as believers, as, as the people of Israel would have been pursuing the sanctification or being clean, essentially, to, to be in front of God in this temple. We're talking about what that means and that that living in that place. And so the kind of person that would experience this deep relationship with God and just have this understanding of his presence, it, it kind of suggests that we could lose a sense of his presence and maybe even cause God to withdraw his presence from, his from our lives if we are not ceremonially, ceremonially clean or if we're not sanctified. Well, what does that mean 
today. It's a little bit different than what that meant then. And so um, today it means we're living in sin or we are allowing sin to control our lives. And so it's things like being dishonest or deceitful or slandering or selfishness. That's what this list goes through. Um, and, and I think that's the exact reason that we need to examine our actions daily, not just like for the big sins, okay, cheating on your spouse or whatever, but really what, what people would call the, the lesser sins of being deceitful or dishonest or lying or, you know, whatever it is, but really looking at our actions daily and then, of course, confessing them and turning from them and striving to this, live this life for God's approval and realizing that when we lose touch with God's standard for righteousness, when we lose touch for God's um, empowerment for our lives to live and pursue a life of righteousness, that's losing everything because it's taking us out of this place of being in right relationship with God. And so when we read down, like in verse four, it says, he who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath, even when it hurts. God puts a high priority. What we can see here is God puts a high priority on this idea of personal integrity. Um, so those are things like character and honesty and you know, faithfulness. And, and that really relates to our promises and our commitments, not just to God, but to others. And so in this kind of environment and really in life in general, it, it's better not to make promises to make them and then break them because God is uh, a person of his word. And so when, when he makes a promise, he follows through on, through on it. And so he has an expectation that his followers will also be people of their word. And so this was certainly true in the Old Testament. It's still true in the New Testament, and it's true for us as believers today. And, you know, there are few things in the world that will give uh, Christianity a bad rap faster than those who claim to follow Jesus, but then are known to be liars or breaking their commitments. And, you know, there are minor examples of this all the way on up, but there's a concept um, that you might hear, like even in the business world or leadership, where it talks about death by paper cuts, meaning it's not like the real big thing that's going to do you in, but it's all the little things. And so if you think about that in terms of our life as believers, what's going to destroy our witness or what's going to point us on this path against God or being separated from God is sometimes those little commitments that, that we kind of overlook. And so it might even be things like not paying your bills on time or stacking up credit card debt that you know you can't afford to pay because it's almost like theft or not giving our best effort, not being fully present when, when wherever we're at. And this is no shade to working moms. I'm a working mom, but sometimes we can allow the stress of being a working mom, keep us from being fully present when we are either at work or with our kids or with our spouse. And so instead of being engaged and present in those relationships, we're allowing our phones and social media to take over that heart space that should be going to them. Um, maybe it's following through on your promises or commitments, even when they turn out to be more difficult than you expected. This idea of being somebody that keeps their oath, 
even when it hurts, is the mark of integrity and character that, that we would hope to see displayed in the life of believers. There's also something going on linguistically in this psalm, and I don't know if you picked up on it, but it's almost like a question and answer format. And so when it's going through the list, one of the things that it's important to remember is we're referring back to now the, the Levitical priests who would have been the ones that are guarding and surrounding and um, keeping the temple in, in, the, in that culture. And so one of their duties would also be to screen the worshipers that were coming to worship. And so this question and answer format that we see in, in Psalm 15, it could have also, some scholars believe, um, re shows the the entrance liturgy or the entrance back and forth questioning that would have happened before believers would enter into that sanctuary place. And so I think it's important to remember some of these things as and understand that as we are reading that. And not just recognize it as what it was originally, but to recognize that some of these questions are because it's what God values. It's because um, it, it should almost be an outward mark of the things that are going on internally. Um, and even this idea, I, lo I love this, this concept, this idea of, in verse 4 of keeping your oath even when it hurts. It's about commitment. It's about resolve. It's about being obedient to what God has called you to do, even when it doesn't feel good. And and I say that because there are things in each of our lives that, that will be uncomfortable when we are being obedient to God. Um, just this whole concept that we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks about predictable resistance. When you are stepping out of faith into the thing that God has for you, there is a predictable resistance because the enemy of your soul hates you and he wants you to stop doing the things that God wants you to do. And so there's going to be this external resistance from the enemy. Additionally, there's what uh, everybody would recognize other people in their lives that want to keep you from stepping into God's calling for your life. And and they might not even be conscious that they're doing it, but but they're almost like discouraging you from doing the thing that God has called you to do that's kind of what I want you to think of when we're talking about being the kind of person who keeps their oath, even when it hurts. It's the oath to God. It's the obedience to God. It's the, um, for, for those of you that are, have been in ministry, even if it's lay ministry, it's the late nights. Uh, I can't tell you how many, how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I've made. Not because I want to make peanut butter sandwiches, but because God called me to feed hungry kids. And, you know, when I'm looking at a table full of, you know, Hundred, literally hundreds of slices of bread that I have to make these sandwiches for. Um, and it's late and I'm tired and I've worked a full day and, you know, my kids still need baths and homework and everything else. And I am making hundreds of sandwiches. Um, that's not now, but that's in my previous ministry role. One of the things that I would do, I'm keeping an oath because of what I committed to do, what God called me to do and the obedience that I, I stepped into. Um, even when, I wouldn't say it necessarily hurt, of course my back probably hurt, but even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't feel like doing it. So that's some of the insight I want to give you around Psalm 15 and, and see if you can pick up on this question and answer and think about this in terms of uh, if there was a, a priest at the entrance of the sanctuary 
and he was examining the person, the behavior, and maybe maybe even the heart of the person that was coming into worship, would you line up? And if not, it's okay. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're reading what we're reading. If it's not, it's okay. Because use this opportunity to get your heart right. To get your heart to a place where you can confess that, th- those little paper cuts to God and say, okay, you know what? I've not been measuring up in this area and I need your help to get there. Psalm 15, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath, even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent, he who does these things will never be shaken. God, we thank you for the way that your word convicts us and encourages us and calls us and redeems us. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to examine our hearts in some of these things. Lord, if our walk is not blameless, help us to come to you and get to a place of confession so that you could help us walk through the areas of our life that we need your support in. If we have been not speaking the truth, or if we have been involved in slander, or um, things that the scriptures say, like not keeping our oath, or um, accepting bribes, or all, all the list of things that, that can kind of cloud in, even when we're unsuspecting, that they, they might not be those big things, but those little things that, that set us on this trajectory, this slippery slope, where it keeps us from hearing your voice more clearly. Lord God, I ask that you would help us to deal with the sin in our lives, even the things that don't feel like a big deal, or even the things that don't seem like they matter that much. Lord God, help us to approach them the way that you approach them. Lord God, help us to come before you in a, in a place of um, surrender. God, and as we do that, help us to be obedient to the things that you've called us to do. And God, help us to recognize that we cannot do that on our own. It's not about our will. It's not about our decision-making. It's about the righteousness that only comes through you. So God, I pray that you would help us to invite you into that space in our lives so that we could experience what it means to pursue you with whole hearts. God, I thank you and I praise you for the way that you reveal yourself in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, before we go, a quick word. I just want to remind you of a couple free resources we have for you. The first is the free Facebook group. It is the Christian Women's Daily Bible Study Group on Facebook. You can get on that group and just ask for prayer or ask questions about the podcast or give feedback or, um, you know, even we're holding each other accountable. And a couple of times now I've popped in there just with prayers or things that God has given me specifically for that group. And so that is a hundred percent free. It's just a way to build community with other women that are enjoying the podcast that kind of want to just have some accountability with each other. And then the second thing is the email list that's going on on Mondays. And what it does is it offers some journaling prompts to go along with the devotional readings of Psalms that we're doing every day. And so both of those things are completely free. I just want to remind you that they're there for you. And then also there's a free devotional on the website. If you go to the resources page, the first thing you'll see there is just the free one week devotional that you can download. So I hope that these resources are helpful to you and they help you hear God's voice more clearly.
Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.